we are compared to who he is, man, we're going to have to praise him because we will see the wretch that we are and the holy God that he is. Man, I am so glad to be a part of what God is doing. Aren't you? Aren't you glad? Aren't you glad to be a part of this? Like, I am so thankful to be where we are today. Now, some of you sit there and Scott, like, Scott, I am not glad to be where I am. Actually, where I am in life is really, it, it really stinks. I mean, it's just terrible. Um, it is not a good place. Can I just tell you, if that's you today, God has not brought you to this point to just leave you there. He, he's not. He's not brought you to this point to just say, okay, let's see how you do on your own. No, he's brought you to this point because he loves you so much that he's going to bring you to a higher place than you could ever imagine in your life. Listen, persevere. Do not give up. I was praying for a friend of mine this, uh, just the other day, just Friday. I was in my bathroom and I was in the, just getting ready and I was praying. And, and a guy, and he's been on this stage before, uh, his name's Scott. Limerick from Compassion International. Some of you may remember that. And I was just sitting there praying, and his name came to my mind, and, and that phrase came to my mind. Scott Limerick, don't give up. So I texted him that afternoon. I said, Scott, man, don't know why. God laid you on my heart, and God told me to be praying for you not to give up. And it's a long story. I won't share it all with you here today, but God is doing something in his life where he does not need to give up. And so I say that to you all today. God has not brought you to this low point in some of your lives to just leave you there. Okay? Do not give up. Man, I know for a fact that we're all in this together. I love it that we come into this place and we're equal. We are all children of God. Now, here's the deal. We're in different stages of life, which is beautiful. As I look across this crowd, I love the discrepancy in ages. I love that. People say, church, you, or Scott, you guys must just have a young church, all that loud rock and roll music that you guys play. No. I, we've got a lot of people who are very mature. You like how I use that? But we have discrepancies in age. We're all in different stages of life, and I love it. And so we celebrate that. We're all in different stages of life on this journey with Jesus. Hallelujah. I'm so thankful that we're not all on the right or on the same step in our relationship with Jesus. Because, listen, believe it or not, some of you who are just Starting this journey with Jesus can teach some of us who have been in the church all our life what faith looks like. And listen, you read it because God said it and Jesus did it, so I'm going to do it. Teach us something. But I also know that all of these mature Christ followers, man, we better be pouring in to all of these people who are some sitting in these seats who are not even yet Christ followers. Man, it is an exciting time to be a part of Hope City. It is an exciting time to see what God is getting ready to do. And I'm thankful that we're all on different stages of this journey. Man, I started working out this week. Some of you say, well, Scott, wait a minute, it's February. I, I didn't do any kind of New Year's resolution. I knew it was time when my wife said it was time, and she said it was time. So I hit the gym. I hit the gym twice, twice this week. Listen, you guys start slow in my book. I, I like to ease into this thing. 
I started twice this week. I went to the Y once and did my treadmill thing. And I go to the Y and it was like, um, man, I can't remember what day it was, but um, it, was, it was early in the morning. And, and there was a lot of mature people there. And so I was feeling pretty good about myself. I had that thing on an incline, man. I was going pretty fast. I left out of the Y. I was like, man, I'm not in as bad a shape as I thought. I was comparing myself to the mature people all around. Like, At least I can walk out of here and like, you know. But then I ran into a couple of my friends, and, and they happened to work out. And when I say work out, like they work out. And they just happened to work out in the facility that's located right behind the gymnasium here. There's a nice gym here at this school. And they just happened to be coaches here at the school. And I, for some reason, God ordained this meeting. He said, hey, Scott, why don't you join us? And I felt pretty good leaving the Y. I said, yes. <laughs> I joined them. This past Thursday morning at 5.30 at this place. Now, I had the 5.30 part down pat. But you got to understand something. We're all on different levels of this thing. And the two young bucks that I'm working out with, they like are really studly, ripped up young men. And I hadn't even got past the first exercise. Four sets of doing some bending and lifting. And I was outside trying to get some 25-degree air on me. I was like, give me some air. <laughs> My friend's like, man, you, are you, there's a trash can over there. You're just doing all the good things, trying to make me feel good about, like, this is normal. Listen, 10 minutes into this first workout, because the Y one didn't count after this one. <laughs> 10 minutes into this workout, I am not kidding you. I was laying on a couch in the coach's office. My friends were so gracious to me. You know, they, they said, well, man, we're going to do this. We're probably only going to, they were only doing it Tuesdays and Thursdays. Like, hey, man, we're going to do it on Monday, Wednesday, Friday. Now I was like, that doesn't make sense, man. I'm here dying, and now you're wanting to step it up another day? But, but anyway, they were so gracious, and they're, they're good guys, literally, they really are, because they didn't laugh one time at me. They waited till I got home, and then, <laughs> yeah, that's how the story goes, man. But I love where we are. And so what I want you to know here today is I want you to embrace it. And I want you to enjoy the ride that God's got us on. I don't care where you are. I don't care even what's going through your mind right now. I don't care what you brought into this place. I don't care what you struggle with, what you did last night. We're all in this together. All right? And I have no idea. I wish I was the vision caster and I could say, man, this is what's getting ready to happen next month and next year. And I don't, I don't know. I just listen to God. And I do what he says, okay? But I do know that what God has been preparing me for to lead us on, to lead us through, is going to be something I think that many of us have never seen before. And, and so I want to say this. I want to go back a couple of weeks. And I did a little talk entitled American Jesus. Some of you are here for that. Because we've created Jesus in our own image. So much easier to follow the Jesus that we've created in our own image. It really is. Which is not the way to do it, by the way. But since we've created Jesus in our own image, we by default have created the church for us as well. You see, we've created the church for us and by us, and sometimes the results are not exactly what God intended them to be. 
Now, I need to say this. The church is not the enemy. The church is not a bad thing. See, I believe that the church is still the bride of Christ. And that it is the vessel. It is the entity that God is going to use to change many lives from this day forward. I believe all that about the church. We are a church. But I believe that the institution that we have created in our image is something that we need to take a much closer look at. And so going forward today, I want you to remember what I've just said. The church is not the enemy. The church is not the bad guy. The church, as God created it, is not wrong. But the church, as God created, is absolutely perfect. So I've been doing some reading and some studying. And as I go into Acts, early chapters of Acts, that's where we're going to be in Acts chapter 2 here for most of our time this morning. As I read in Acts chapter 2, I get down to a couple of passages of Scripture where some amazing things have been taking place. Now, we've got to understand that the church as we know it has not even been formed yet. Like, they're not gathering in a building. They're not gathering at 11 o'clock on Sunday, singing a couple of songs, handing Peter the microphone, and having an hour-long service, and then hitting the restaurants. That is not established yet. But what I read here in Scripture, that there are amazing things taking place. And so when I read Scripture, let me just give you a little behind-the-scenes thing. When I sit down in my office, or when I sit down when I'm studying, I read Scripture and I read something that I feel like the Lord has taken me to, and I read it, and then I have to go backwards, okay? I have to find out, okay, what is taking place? And so let me read you just a couple of sentences that I have been really focusing on over the past couple of weeks, knowing where God is taking us. And it comes from Acts chapter 2, and I'll just start, let's just say verse 43. Acts chapter 2, verse 43. Now, let's get this. It says, everyone was filled with awe, and many wonders and miraculous signs were done by the apostles. That's all I read. And can I just say, when I read that, and when I go through my daily walk, like when I just go through my daily routine, I am desperate. I'm desperate for being in awe of what God can do around me. Like, I haven't always been that way. And I think it's okay if some of us here today admit that. Like we have lost the allness of what God can do in our midst. you got to understand that word translate, translate, some of your translations probably uses the word, they were in fear. But it doesn't mean that they were like shaking in a corner. No, it means that they were absolutely astonished. They were frozen. Because what they were seeing, they have never seen before, and it was literally causing them to just lock up in amazement. And I just have to throw this out there. 
When was the last time that we gathered, not even as a church service, but as a group of Christ followers? When was the last time we were locked up in awe over what God was doing in our midst? And so when I read this, knowing what God is doing in my personal life, taking me on this journey from this step to this step, I start to ask questions, and I started like this. I said, what was taking place? Like, like how were these guys making all of this stuff happen? I started to ask all those questions. The what's and the why's and the how's. These guys must have been unbelievable leaders. They must have been unbelievable teachers, communicators. These guys must have been scholars. These guys must have had it all together. These guys didn't miss a beat. They probably had no flaws in their personal life. They probably had homes that were absolutely perfect. Wives that loved them and cherished them. Children that respected them. And everything in their life, these guys who were leading this movement, everything was perfect, including them. But when I start to go back, that's not what I see at all. You see, I started to answer my own questions because they, these guys who were being used by God, actually had no control of this whatsoever. Here's what I want you to hear this morning, church. Is that it was not these men that were in charge of this movement. It was the Holy Spirit of God that was in control of not the church. Again, the church wasn't even established. But the Holy Spirit of God was in control of every one of these men. I challenge you sometime just to take a look back at what was taking place here in Acts. See, the Holy Spirit is something that we don't talk about much. We're going to do a whole series on the Holy Spirit in a couple of months. Man, we need to know about the Holy Ghost. You see, the Holy Spirit that fell on these men that controlled this movement, listen, is the same Holy Spirit that is here today. And He has positioned Himself just the same as He did back here in Acts chapter 2. He's not changed. He's not lessened. His power hasn't weakened, but He's positioned Himself here today. He's positioned Himself here today to do something in your life that I cannot do for you. That He is wanting to do something in your life that this church cannot do for you. He's wanting to do for you exactly what was taking place back then. He's wanting to do some radical things. And for some reason, for some reason, He's picked a group of us to do it through. You see, Jesus said it, not me. Jesus said this. He said, I'm going away. I'm going to go to heaven. I'm going to go sit with God. I'm going to go sit with my Father. And then He said this, it is a good thing. It is a good thing that I go away. 
Because when I go away, for those of you who have been in church a long time, you're going to get this. He said, when I go away, I'm going to send a counselor. I'm going to send an advocate. I'm going to send a helper. He was all talking about one person. I'm going to send the Holy Spirit. You see, the Holy Spirit is just God's presence, his goodness here. That's it. He said, I'm going to send the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit still rests with us today. And so Jesus said, greater things are going to be done because of the Holy Spirit's presence. And again, I'm just talking to Christ followers. Talking to mainly the people in this room who have been a part of a church for a long time. I'll ask you this question. Deep down in your gut, in your soul, this thing right here. Do you really believe that that is happening? Do you? Do we see great, unexplainable unimaginable things happening in our midst. How many of you are sitting here today in awe? Listen, I didn't say it. Please go check it. I just wrote this reference down, John 14, 12, where Jesus said it. I wrote this question down. And you guys have to wrestle with it yourself. So, Forgive me for reading my question, but I don't want to mess it up. But I wrote this question down in my notes, and it's something that you are going to have to answer for yourself. Here's the question. Is what I've seen and been a part of and experienced, is this what God designed for it to be? And I'm not, I'm not standing here saying that we've got all the answers. No. I can promise you I have more questions than answers. I mean, I'm not even saying that we're getting it all right. Man, we've made a lot of mistakes. And we'll continue to make mistakes. I'm not saying that we've got the formula figured out. But I know for certain that when I read this and what I read here is God moving His men and women. He moves His people. And when the Holy Spirit moves His people, there is nothing ho-hum or ordinary taking place. Like we won't have people getting upset when they come to a service at 11 o'clock and the 9.15 service is continuing on. We won't have people getting upset because we didn't get four songs in a sermon into the church service. See, I believe just like when the Holy Spirit did His thing in Acts, I know for a fact that God has positioned us to do the same thing. But I want to warn you, it is not going to be something that is going to be celebrated. It's not going to be something where people are going to just flock. And it's not going to be something that people are just praising. Because I read what took place in Scripture. Earlier on, in Acts, what happened? 
when all this Holy Spirit, when he did his thing and unbelievable things were taking place, I just want you to listen to what they were saying. This was the group of people that witnessed this. It's in Acts chapter 2, verse 12. It says, some of them were amazed and they were perplexed and they asked one another, what does this mean? Some of you will probably get in the car and be like, that guy's lost his mind. They were amazed and perplexed. Hey, that's okay. I love that group of people. I want them all. Those are the ones that are going to celebrate with us when people get set free and miracles are happening and people are getting healed and sinners are actually turning and repenting and not walking back in their life of sin. We're going to see people, listen, who are possessed and we're going to see evil spirits being... You see what I'm saying? Whoa, whoa. Go back and read it. But there was another group of people standing there witnessing the exact same thing. Like they were seeing the exact same scene. But this group of people, it says in verse 13, however, some of them made fun of them. And they said they have had too much wine. Basically, it makes more sense. So I'm going with they're drunk. Right? Acting a fool and all that. They're they're drunk. They'll be better tomorrow. But guess what didn't happen? Guess what didn't happen? The Holy Spirit of God continued to move on these men and lives continued to be changed. And the movement of God 2015 years later is probably as strong as it ever has been, I believe, in this community. And it's not because of Hope City. It's because of the Holy Spirit of God. Listen, not working in some pastor's life, but working in people's lives just like you. Scott, I love your heart. You know, back down here in the South, when you don't agree quite with everything that someone says, you know what you go to, right? Bless your heart, Scott. That's what some of you are thinking right now. It's okay. Listen, I've heard it. I love your passion. Hope it works out for you. Told you we were in Israel and the Scriptures like this that I believe God wants to happen today. It comes from Romans chapter 15. Verse 13, if you guys want to tell someone about Hope City, take them right here. Romans chapter 15, verse 13. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in Him. And this is the last, the most beautiful part of, I think, this scripture. So that you may overflow with hope. Not because we wake up and we have a great job, a great family, a great, a great, uh, a great car, a great home. Yesterday's the team that we pull for one. No. That we can overflow with hope through the power of the Holy Spirit. 
Church, there's going to be some things that are unexplainable other than God showed off. There, there are going to be some things that, that we just don't have an answer to. There are going to be some things that are going to stretch me. There are going to be some things that are going to happen that are going to stretch you. I have no idea what God has in store next. I can't give many of these. But today I, I can give you I can give you a hundred percent guarantee. I can give you a promise. Because Scripture says, see, we're doing the best we can to hear from God. Probably some of the most profound words in Scripture, other than what Jesus Christ Himself said, came from a man that many of us in this room probably have never even heard of. He's a Pharisee by the name of Gamaliel. And it comes in Acts chapter 5, if you want to see it. It comes in Acts chapter 5, verses 38 and 39. And this is the promise that I can give you as a 100% guarantee. See, Gamaliel has gotten involved because the Holy Spirit is moving these men and the Pharisees are irate. They're planning on killing them, beating them, doing something with them, but they don't know what. But this Pharisee comes in on the scene in Acts chapter 5, and he says this. I'll pick up in verse 38. He says, Therefore, in the present case, I advise you, leave these men alone. Let them go. For if their purpose or activity is of human origin, it will fail. Here's my 100% guarantee. See, that word fail literally means to dissolve to nothing. So if we get this wrong, guess what? This too will fail. But don't you worry. Because the kingdom of God will continue on and God will accomplish what He set out to accomplish. Listen to this. Gamaliel goes on and he says this. He says, but... He says, but if it is from God, you will not be able to stop these men. You will only find yourselves fighting against God. Amen. You can give God praise for that because that is the guarantee. God is going to accomplish what God wants to accomplish. And He's going to do it through the power of His Holy Spirit resting on people like you and I. My prayer and my longing starting today Turn the page. It's a new beginning. 
It may be a fresh start for some of you sitting here today. But today, by the power of the Holy Spirit, because we've surrendered this whatever life that we think that we have control of, we've surrendered it to Him. And we're saying, God, wherever you lead, God, whatever you ask, God, move me. My longing is that not just on Sunday morning when we gather in a building, but throughout the week, people being driven by the Holy Spirit of God lead other people around them to be in awe of what God is doing through them. Hey God, I have no idea what you're getting ready to do, but I'm thankful for it. So Lord, I know this is getting ready to be a fun ride, an amazing adventure. I just thank you for allowing us to be a part of it. Lord, there's somebody in here today that brought everything, all kinds of bondage. They brought all kinds of past and shame. They brought all kinds of I don't even know what into this place. And today, God, you right now are saying to them, it's okay to leave it right here at the feet of Jesus. You can let it go.